Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When we bow, we take the time to acknowledge the important things in our life, our responsibilities, our commitments, and the other people we care about. You bow to your partner to acknowledge them and to give them respect. You bow to the dojo to acknowledge your training. Inwardly, you may bow to your girlfriend or boyfriend before you take them on a date to acknowledge the importance of the moment and that your date reserves respect. You bow before you step on the mat to acknowledge that you are there to train, not to simply go through the motions. These words are from a new book known as Step on the Mat, Life Lessons of the Ninja, written by martial artist, American immigrant from Vietnam, master and family man, Ninja Win. Today's episode, we talked to Ninja Win about his escape from Vietnam during the Vietnam War, his personal road to redemption from being a quote-unquote bad boy to being a martial artist, family man, and role model. Ninja's book is highly relatable. It transcends the practice of the martial arts and has lessons from the martial arts that are valuable to our lives and relationships. I encourage you after listening to this interview with this fine gentleman to go anywhere that books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, bookstore, and pick up a copy of Step on the Mat. Today we have the privilege of talking to Ninja Win. I think for the purposes of not messing up your name, sir, I'm gonna refer to you as Ninja throughout the rest of the interview. He is a uh, martial arts master, he is a school owner in the uh, New England area, and he is the author of a new book entitled Step on the Mat, Life Lessons of the Ninja, which was published by Lion Crest Publications. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining our audience. Thank you, sir. So uh, I, I had an opportunity to read your book. Um, I sat and read it. Uh, stayed up overnight reading it because I enjoyed it so much. I thought it was uh, really uh, w- well done. Um, so I congratulate you on that. Thank and you I want to have an I want to have an opportunity to introduce you to um, our our audience. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in this martial arts world. Well. I started back when I was four years old. My dad was basically, my family was a fisherman. And so back then when the war was happening, my dad basically kind of like sneaked my brother to United States. At that time, I didn't know it was United States. All I know was wake up in the morning, my brother was gone. So for a kid at that age, asking a question, my dad didn't want uh, me to know so many questions. So what happened was he put me into martial art. At that time, it was somebody home, and it's like um, an awning, you know, and somebody teaching martial art. We didn't have a uniform back then. You know, that's uh, how I started it. So basically, each day, every day, my dad just bring me over there, and then I just train. And basically, at that time, the martial art was more, for me, was disciplined because it's have activity for me to do. And then keep myself busy so by the way by the time I go home there's no question asking so that's how I start uh, martial art back then 
Very good, very good. And for those who aren't familiar, um, you are from the country of Vietnam. Correct, yes. Very good, very good. So we're talking about uh, a really tenuous time in um, the history of your country and the history of, of the world during the time of the, of the Vietnam War. Um, tell me about, uh, for those who aren't familiar, what is the, 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 the primary um, martial art of, of Vietnam and what was the, the style of martial arts that you were introduced to um, as, as a, a young child? So as a young child, I didn't know the style was uh, until I came to U.S. So I'm familiar with the kata. So when we practice the kata, it's familiar with the Shotokan system. But back then, the uh, the martial art, it was more like the, the style of Vietnam, the combination of the uh, kung fu and gymnastic and the um, karate together. So that's that's how the, the, the martial art in my country was. But at that time, like I said, you know, it's like I didn't know the name of the style until I came to U.S. and I realized that was Shotokan because of uh, the kata, because sure. I have the uh, the basadai and all that. So, okay. Now, you, um, in reading your story and in reading your book, it seems to me that you're somebody who's practiced the martial arts um, in one form or another your entire life, but someone who whose journey in the martial arts changed. And it seems to me that there came a point where you went from being somebody who was perhaps a skilled fighter to being somebody who became disciplined mentally in certain aspects of the martial arts. And you had a bit of a transformation in the way you lived your life and the way that you um, viewed the world and viewed martial arts. Is that is that fair to say? And can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, um, when when I when I discovered martial art, it was more like um, a, a discipline from a child growing up, knowing the uh, the routine, the consistency, and the repetitions and the uh, discipline. So when I came over here, it's more connection with me more because at that time I came in the 80s, it was more like diversity, uh, was more racist, and, and growing up I seen that. So for me, from a child coming over here, did not speak any English and need to adapt learning so by that way I can fit in. And at that time, you know, all the school that I was, go on and check it out as a martial artist, it was more like, well, you know, if you learn Shotokan, you have to know the punch and the kick in Japanese. If you go and learn Taekwondo, you need to know the punch and the kick in Korean. And then, so the combination for me was, at that time, I need to know English to fit in, so understanding, so by that way, I can learn more about so the only school that I can find is was the American Kempo was the the American Kempo that they teach English because everybody speaks English. Right. So that's how I learned to adapt it, knowing that the punch and then understand the punch. So for the, for me as a martial artist, I adapt it and love it because I'm using that every single day on that. That's great. That's great. It's an interesting story. It's a, you have a great story, a great immigrant story, as well as a great uh, martial arts story. So in, in reading your story, um, by, your own, by your own words, it seems that 
you had a lot of skills and you got yourself into some level of trouble in your in your in your life and you had yeah. some hardship hardships in your um your life even here in in the United States but it seems that one of the great things is that the martial arts and your study of the martial arts helped to transform that life into something more positive can you tell us a little bit about about that about that experience and about how your 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 hardship became helpful to getting you where you are today as a successful school owner and author and family well, man, of course well you know when i first came over here it was 1980 at that time was like you see um, most on tv was the kung fu theater and then you you see the godfather so those are the two things that i was growing up to growing up to see so Fall in love with Bruce Lee and seeing that every single day. Love to fight. Love to see the training. And then the the rest was the Godfather was teaching how to make the money. So at that time, I lost myself into the everybody's talking about. Well, you know, um, the life. My dad. I remember my dad say, martial art is not about a business. Martial art is about healthy for for a healthy life. Right. And it wasn't it wasn't about me opening a dojo. It was about training the martial art to keep up the healthy life. And so growing up to, to seeing every single day people talking about money, the godfather, how do you make the money? So I was comparing myself to, you know, do I want to go to work or do I want to make fast money? So I end up have bad influence grown to that life and when you go in that life you you know for me at that time it was more well it was excitement it was fighting however i did not enjoying it because knowing that you make the money and then suddenly it's just going away right and then for my life was I understand the concept of the martial art because every time I, I feel lonely, I go to martial art and I hit, I punch, I yell, I feel much better. So it's come to the point to me that I feel that martial art changed my life because even though I'm going to hang out with a whole bunch of friends and then came back, it's like it's, it's like it's waking up in the morning, feel empty. And when I pick up a nunchuck, I was playing with a nunchuck was the best feeling of all. So because of that, I see myself as, how can I get out? But the challenge is, is that in this life, you have to make sure, make the money, take care of yourself, pay the bill and all that. And then so take for me back and forth, back and forth, and then get myself in trouble. <clears throat> And then I realized a couple of things. When you're in trouble, there's nobody there for you beside yourself. So you have the opportunity to reflect as the martial artist and then think every time thing that you do. You show emotion, the anger, the expression, the punch, the kick, and rely to relate it to me one thing, the martial arts. And then, you know, when when I remember this is that Sometimes I feel like, well, you know, maybe because of the people around me, that's why I need to move. And I move 
And I thought that was the environment, was the environment, was me. I need to make a change for myself. And, you know, life, uh, people always say this karma. You understand what karma is that for yeah. my life, I, I move, I change. And then I realized when you fall down on your face, you lost everything. And then God or, you know, any religion that people think or feel or practice, I have a child come. And all I remember was this. I cannot bring a child in this world knowing that I cannot provide. I cannot show this child that I give up in life. So because of that, I decide to change my attitude toward myself, toward the people around me. And I always believe that, to me, I always believe that success, you cannot be successful out there if you in your house cannot be treating people with love, compassion, you know, all that when a child, almost like, you know, and uh, for me as a father, I've seen uh, come from my daughter, from compassion, love, struggle, you know, all that feeling from a child. So when I look at that, it reflected to me a little bit. Remember me when I was on the mat. When I was on the mat, it was about fun. It was about nothing about time, you know. Right. And, and I love the sport so much that, you know, it's like it's like it changed my life and it's for the better. And right now, I want to give the experience of what I'm struggling for people to see because I tell people it's okay to struggle because you have to see that. You, you, you cannot hide if you can't do a push-up. It's okay. Show everybody you struggle so by that way you can see how strong you are. And so because of that, I think... In my experience, I've seen my gym grown so much because how I live my life, how I want my martial art as a martial art to open for people to see it. Because martial art, for me, when I go to a tournament uh, or watch a student or see another martial art, when we came in, it doesn't matter what uniform we wear. We're like family. We say hi to each other. You know, why, why can life be like that? So that's why I love the martial art so much. That, that's wonderful, and I think there's so many valuable lessons in the things that you've just talked about, one of them being, I think, which is great what you talk about in your book and you mentioned here, which is that you can't run away from your problems. Your problems, if your problems come from inside, whether you pick up and move, whether you move next door or you move across the country or across the world, if you don't deal with your problems, then those problems are still your problems. I think, second of all, um, I think your um, discussion of growth, and character development as human beings when we come to critical points in our life, such as what is more critical than having a child on the way. And I think that approach to looking at life and resetting the thought process about, well, I'm no longer living just for myself, but now I have an, a young person who, who, who needs me that I need to look after. I think those are, are such valuable lessons, and I think you're a great living example of that. So that leads me into my question for you. Uh, as a father, as a mentor, and as a teacher, in your dojang, do you feel that you are in, because of your unique personal experience and the way that your life was transformed, that you're in a unique position to help students that are in your dojang who are potentially could go down that wrong path to help set them 
to find their way to set them straight towards not having to perhaps um, get to the same place through the same struggles that, that you did. Do you, do you see yourself in that position? I, I do. I do. And I, I don't look at myself as um, <clears throat> helping the student. I see myself as a uh, facilitator. What I, I tell all the students is, in my gym, I don't tell the kid right or wrong. I tell the kid is, do they want to inspire someone? Okay. In a good way or in the disrupted way? And I always tell them is that we all want attention. Okay. I want attention. The student want attention. How would they want to inspire people from that attention? And, you know, and I tell the student that even when we spar, I tell the student, I said, when they spar, they need to understand is that are they take the anger out to sparring or they seen themselves get anger and then they take a second breath and then reset themselves. And, you know, and as, as a martial art, I seen myself back then, I used the martial art to, to do, um, to fight people. And I love the feeling of anger, the emotion. And I tell the student, I said, it's okay to see yourself feel anger, you know. And I tell them, I said, there's a right way to to channel that anger by asking me to hold path for them to hit harder, to hit the bag to show your anger, and to inspire the other person on work on control. Because I tell them, you know, in life you need to work on control. Control better than anything is situations you can drive you got control you walk outside somebody in bump in you you can control yourself and i think you know as a martial artist we have the opportunity to stand on the map and experience all that and i tell the student is that when we train as martial arts, you have the opportunity almost like trading school you learn the technique and you apply right away and then you apply by strategize on a speed control and technique, you know, combination and the movement, you know, and, and for them to kind of see all themselves out. And, and you know, for martial art, we all say this, the dojang and the dojo is like the place that you find your way. And when you train as a martial artist, you spend four or five hours on the mat. It should be outside of life, you should do the same. How can we treat each other on the mat with respect off the mat with respect, you know. We don't have to we don't have to change almost like a, a different kind of shirt like, you know, you go in the dojo you have to be respect and outside you, you curse somebody. Uh, you know, and as a martial art you have to see that training and as a mentor we have to um show the student to see because a lot of time when we caught they caught in a moment they don't see that. And we do a lot of feedback in here to student to student, and my job is just to stand on the sideline for the student to share, and then for me to support them if they need it. And I think uh, as a martial artist, we have to share ourselves, we have to commit ourselves with a partner, we have to commit on our training, whatever that is, an hour, half an hour, 15 minutes, whatever that is, to commit it. And I think a lot of the life this day, not a lot of people get into commitment. That's why I believe that martial art should not be two years, three years. should be lifetime. That's wonderful, and I, and I couldn't agree more. And, and I love how the, the whole common thread of what you're talking about and what you've written about 
is never uh, is none of it is per se about achieving the best kicks, achieving the best punches, achieving the fastest knockouts, but about using the experience of martial arts to be able to improve ourselves and be able to improve our families and improve our life, and that the lessons there uh, are should be taken and and transcend the the physical aspects um, to help people achieve the be- the best life through martial arts. So I really yes, I like the theme, and that's one of the things that will le- I want to lead into about this book. So you've 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 written this book, and this book is a book written by a martial artist, of which the foundation of the book is set in martial arts as a backdrop. But really, it's not a martial arts book. Am I right in in saying that? It's this wouldn't yes, be correct. considered per se a martial arts book. This book is about has applicability to to everyone. Yes. Um, and and so tell me, how did it come that you came from um, teaching these these lessons to your your students and your family to um, to writing this wonderful book, Stepping on the Mat? Step on the Mat. I'm sorry. So you know the the um, uh, so I choose the name the Step on the Mat because when we step on the mat, we acknowledge ourselves. And you know in America, um, everywhere you go, there's always a mat. So I want people to kind of like represent themselves. Doesn't matter where they go, there's always a mat for them to reflect of who they are. They training in the martial art. They're not training in martial art. Should be because uh, another day the, the the information that is translate my life, who I am today, is based on all that aspect of the um, training into martial arts. And it changed my life so much that I want to be able to deliver information that for people to kind of see. And it's not about everybody needs help because I don't believe anybody needs help. You know, I think everybody already, uh, they just need something to trigger them to kind of see, you know, because end of the day, as uh, you know, I believe everybody born to be great, you know, and I think like we have so much information out there and this day nobody really wants to take information. As a martial artist, you have to ask for the information all the time because you're coming in, you didn't understand, you have to ask questions. This day nobody want to ask questions because they feel that, you know, it's like... um I need help if I, uh, I ask questions. And I think in relationship, any relationship to themselves, they need to be able to, what I use the word in my gym all the time, discover. You know, it's like we should discover, ask more questions. So by that way, we acknowledge more, we understand more. So by that way, there is infinity um, lesson for them to, to grow. You know, it's like as a martial artist, you have to, you have to, see that so I just want to like wrote this book to kind of share with everybody because I believe that when you have something you need to share and you know as a martial artist we uh, we train a martial art we share and that's what martial art is about it's about family and I think we we all of us live in this earth one earth we need to share I I, I agree with that and I think that, that that's one of the reasons why I've always been a believer that that People's understanding of the martial arts is always the uh, a, a key towards a, a better world. Um, one of the things that you talk about very early in the in the book, which I think is very significant in terms of framing 
the entire uh, mentality is your chapter on uh, the bow. And uh, I come from a traditional uh, martial arts background under Grandmaster uh, Y.H. Park from Taekwondo. And bowing is for us very, it's very significant and very conscious. And I had spoken to the legendary uh, Grandmaster June Ri, who passed away his son. And one of the things that they had always focused on as being so incredibly significant was the significance of the bow and what the bow means and, 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 and understanding it and what it teaches us. And I noticed that it's one of the leading parts of, of your book. And I was so happy um, to see that uh, because to me, I feel that the bow sets the table for uh, everything else that goes on in people's understanding of what it is that we're doing sets the table for everything that goes on in terms of the relationship to themselves, to to the other students, and to the institution and society. Do you agree with that in terms of oh, I, um, the importance of I agree of it? 100%. I, I love, like, people, is, uh, I feel like as a martial artist, you know, we, we bow by, we surrender ourselves, and we look to each other, and then we bow, we acknowledge each other. And I think, like, a lot of time this day, even, you know, as people don't, they don't reflect themselves, you know. And I told the student, this is especially my student, I, I tell them, it's like, you know, it's almost like you look in the mirror to yourself, right? And you acknowledge what you need to work on. And same thing, it's like, you know, it's not about right or wrong, it's about you seeing yourself. And I think a lot of time as a martial artist, we, we have a tendency to, we use that day in and day out. And it becomes subconscious on when you work with partner, you acknowledge each other, you understand his part, part, each other. That's why when you do kata, when you acknowledge each other, you do your form, you sink in together. You don't need to even tell each other how to do it. You just know it. You know, and I, I love the bow, and I think uh, martial arts, if you don't have to bow into a martial arts, you're missing the component. And every day in your life, in, in anybody's life, you either, you know, and I talk a little bit about, like, you know, you're driving, same thing. It's like you, you know what yourself choosing in or choosing out. It's like the choice. You have to understand that. And I love to bow growing up. And, and in my culture, it's like bow is, you know, a lot. You know, it's like you bow. The, the, the person that's who's older than you, you always, you never look at their face. You bow, you look down, you know. And right. so it's like, it's it's uh, it's always um, put in so much that, you know, for me, shaking hand, I'm not used to that until I came to the U.S. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I, I think that there's, there's, again, a common theme of you discussing humanity and the respect that we show each other and things that we 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 perhaps don't breaking them down in 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 your book and in your dojang and explaining people and that they take that lesson outside of the dojang to understand about how they relate to other people um, yeah. tell me tell me you you've given you know, again you're you've moved from being a uh, a martial artist and a school owner and a family man into a, a slightly different realm and I've seen that the book has, has done very well on, on Amazon and it's gotten a lot of uh, press and it continues to get press. Uh, what has been the most surprising thing for you about people's reaction to your, um, to, 
to your book. I don't know what your expectations were in writing it. Um, you know, was it, did we write it to be a bestseller? Do we write it to just touch the people that we can? Do we write it for ourselves? But what has been your most, uh, biggest, uh, surprise for you in, in the release and the response to the book? Well, you know, uh, when I wrote the book, it was about just to kind of like have so much information. There's two components that I was one. Number one, I want to show my teacher, my English teacher, that I can write uh, a book. Because I remember when I came over here, and I, rem- I remember first day I come to class, I was trying to speak English, and my teacher said to me, no, no, that was wrong. So she didn't say it was like totally was like you was wrong. She was helping me, but in some way that as a child, I remember was, oh, I was wrong. So because of that, I didn't do um, well in English. So right. all through that, you know, I always say to myself, you know, one day I'm going to write a book because I need to give the information now and God forbid if something happened to me. So by that way, somebody can read and they can learn a little bit. And then the other part is that to live a legacy for my kid, because I always feel like when I get older now, I feel like, you know, life can take any toll. And I want to show my kid that this is your dad. Okay, I want to make a difference out of this world because I feel like, you know, the the, the good news is spread so slow, the bad news spreads so fast. So I want to be one of those persons that give the information out that one day somebody understand and then so they can help themselves or somebody else. And, and as a martial artist, I have the opportunity to see the parent, how the parents struggle bringing their child in. And then I see the kids struggle. So what more than I can give to this world, you know? So that's, that's the, the two things that I want to kind of like give it out. And when they hit the Amazon bestseller, I was like, oh my God, you know, that was amazing. And, you know, and for one of my students bought the book and then he said to me this, and this kid have ADD. And he said to me, he said, you know, I read the book and you know what is really understand me right now is that meditation. And he was like eight years old. He told me, he said, acknowledge your thought. Don't do anything. Just focus on your breathing. Come from an eight years old kid. Say that to me. My heart was touched. That, that's you know. wonderful, and it is a testament to the fact that in your book, in the chapters that you have, as we discussed, they're not simply for, for martial artists, but they're things that people can take in life, and, and you discuss very, very consciously looking at some of the things that we may otherwise take for granted, whether that's the bow or the meditation or stretching and, and warming up or uh, the relationships. And, and I think that um, the book is very – it's written uh, very personally – and it's written in a way that is very uh, digestible. Um, it is extremely well um, written, easy to understand, and the lessons of it transcend uh, any one style or any one sport or any one um, group. So I think that that's, that is a testament to why it's been um, well-received. And I certainly encourage all of our readers and all of our listeners to pick up a copy of Step on the Mat, Life Lessons of the Ninja, available on Amazon, and I'm sure everywhere that uh, books are sold. And um, I wanted to ask you, uh, in the interest of time, we're going to be winding down, but what, uh, and in the show notes, we'll, we'll, we'll um, 
tell people how to get in touch with you on social media and your Dojang, and we'll certainly put the buying links for the book. But tell us what's, what's next for you in this, this journey. You're a young man. You've accomplished so much. Uh, what is next in, in, in your near and, and distant future, or is that something that you're, um, you haven't necessarily contemplated or wished to share with us? So um, uh, I wrote that book, and a couple of people actually read the book, and they said to me, he said, you did the intro, and I want to know about your life. So I, I actually just started the the some chapter in right now about my life. I was doing a little bit of research about when I was in uh, Philippines and all the um, memory that I didn't have that people around me have seen. So I've been doing that. So hopefully by next year I should have a book on uh, my biographer about my well, life. That, that is that is absolutely wonderful, and uh, I look certainly look forward to reading that um, and sharing that when that when that book is done. Um, I I, uh, I know that you have um, had a, a an interesting life, and I know that um, you are a great role model. And I think that the what is if you were to give to young people that are listening to this interview today. If you were able to sort of sum up one piece of of, uh, of advice for them in terms of of staying on the right track and 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 do and doing the right thing in, in in their life, what would that what would that advice be? That that, that if, uh, in in uh, you know in, in sort of a summary form. So if I was given any um, teenage or any advice that I would give, I would tell them be who they are. They're meant to be. It's okay to be different. It's okay to find support. And it's okay to go where you want to go. Um, don't let anybody influence you. And don't let, especially anybody who tell you that you can't do it. Because end of the day is that I myself was lost in that um, stand before. That I projected somebody that who... I basically kind of portray, but it's not who I want to be, you know. So it's okay to be different, and and um, don't give up your dream. That's wonderful. Those are those are, are wonderful a wonderful piece of advice. And one of the things that I love about it, sir, is in reading your story, it's it's sort of easy to give advice from the standpoint of intellectual, but you've lived it and you've and you you've transformed and turned your life around and gone from having difficulties and maybe not always living your life in the way that you wanted to live your life to, to being an exemplary role model. So I think that from, from you, those, those words are, are very weighty. Um, and uh, I know that, the, that, that whether they're your children or your students or people reading the book, that they are positively influenced by um, the impact of your, um, of your life and journey. So uh, Master Ninja uh, Win. I wanted to thank you so much for talking to our um, listeners. I want to encourage them to pick up um, Lion Crest Publications, uh, Step on the Mat, Life Lessons of the Ninja, your new book, which is available in uh, paperback, and uh, I believe it's available in ebook as well. It can be found on Amazon and elsewhere. We'll, we'll have the buying links for this. And we look forward to um, hearing about your next book and about your next adventure. 
uh, as you live your best Taekwondo life. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for talking to us Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, and I do appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.